This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, who's going down in an earlier round, it's Mitch Doyle. G'day, everybody. And Sugar, we're going down swinging. It's Dale Roots. Sugar Ray, he was a fighter. <laughs> he was. He was also he a was. band. Remember that song, Every Morning? I think that was yes. a good song. Not, unfortunately, not named after Sugar Ray Leonard, the great Australian boxer. So what was no. Sugar Ray, the band, named after then? The uh, other Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson. Sugar Ray Robinson. Oh. Yeah. Are you, are you sure? Classic, classic Australia. They saw something good in America and just copied it. They're like, oh, that box is called Sugar Ray. We'll have a Sugar Ray as well. And uh, Bunga, I did understand. I understood that second line of that song. So I'm oh. now two for 27 or so. Congratulations. But two in a row. So yeah. Actually, you know, I think I got system of a down as well. Maybe I'm, th- maybe I'm three. three for three. Yeah. For three for your last like four or five. That's quite good. That's good. But the rest of you had no idea who you were. I was like, he's just saying yeah, things. Fine. He's just saying proverbs, Chinese That's proverbs right. and, you know, old thought provoking sayings, whatever they yeah. were. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had, we've got another week of footy in the books, just three games to go. We are in this preliminary final uh, week with um, the uh, Storm taking on the Raiders on Friday night and the Rabbitohs playing the Panthers on Saturday. But uh, before then, we'll jump and back and look at last weekend's games, get into all the news and notes um, and anything else people feel like speaking about. Um, so should we just start from last Friday? Let's. Why not? We have nothing yeah. to lose. No, but I'll tell you who had everything to lose, Dale. <laughs> the defending premiers got him the sydney roosters smashed him. Uh, smashed him mate got him and the three pete is dead sydney roosters 18 canberra raiders 22 um canberra jumped out to a 14 nil lead they flirted with a dickheading yeah we we were worried we were worried you know we could have uh, could have had two in a row but some um uh shane warne-esque spin on the scg from that kick First time there's been spin in the SCG for about in a long like time. 108 years, yeah. mate. In a long, long time. Well, yeah. what do you mean? Why did then? Why did Stuart McGill only ever play at the SCG? Because uh, they felt sorry for him. I don't think that's why. People <laughs> notoriously didn't like Stuart McGill. We're getting sidetracked. Anyway, the Roosters <laughs> are out, Mitchell. Talk to me about it. Uh, we were just speaking and t- turning our own horns before we started recording about like. We all predicted the Raiders so confidently before this game on the podcast last week. And I don't think any of us realized that actually that was supposed to be outlandish because we looked everywhere else and before the game, everyone was talking about how the Roosters were going to do it, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're not often right in the podcast this year, you know, particularly this year. We've had a few um, shockers this year, to be really honest. But we we picked that game to a T heading into it, like exactly the way the Roosters were going to look. like They looked like a team defeated. They gave up on their defense, wasn't tough. They kind of given up on the year, but they could still play in like a twenty-minute period, and it's kind of what that game was. Is that I think the the Raiders dominated that that game for like sixty minutes, and they only won by four, which is still the class of that Roosters team when they can put points on. But I, I felt comfortable the whole way through that game that the Raiders were going home with it still because it looked like almost any time they had the ball, they were making good yardage. But they could once they crossed halfway, they could crack the Roosters or at least half break the line. And it even felt like to me if they got to a level score, I was pretty confident that the Raiders would have, you know, the right set, a good set to get a field goal off or similar. I mean, the Tarpanay run at the start is the best example of the Roosters not turning up in, in that game is the fact that, like, and Tarpanay's quote on it, it's hilarious, by the way. He just goes, oh, yeah, I saw two big fellas and I thought I'd just run at the small fella. 
And then I, I mean, was, that is that's, <laughs> that's footy. But yeah, but he, he, you know, the Roosters watched him skip and he looked much more light-footed than he is because of it, most likely. But he skipped across Hargreaves and, and, and Cordner, straightened up, went through Keary and beat Keary three times on the one run to score. And it's like, Tarpane could have tried that 4,000 times over the last two years and it would not have worked against that Roosters team mm. the last two years because they were such a good defensive team in their half. But this night caught them napping early and, and that was when you're like, this team, this Roosters team doesn't really care that much anymore. Yeah. I mean, it is tough, to, it is tough to care when you've already kind of got like, well, most the of those players have got two rings. So. That's why teams barely back up in most sports. Is the year after the first one. That's why I predicted they wouldn't back it up last year. And I was very wrong about that. Yeah. Martin Lang's furious right now hearing this. He didn't know you weren't allowed to not run at the big fellas. He's not, he's not happy. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, 112 years of evidence that you're not meant to run <laughs> at the big fellas in fairness. He, um, yeah. Huge, um, huge early knockout victory for the uh, Papali is better than JWH argument, which has been bubbling along. On social media, that was an argument. I missed. Season. I missed that. Yeah, less <laughs> yeah. of an argument, more of a statement of fact, in my humble opinion. Yeah, but anyway, of course, it, it was it, it was just very uncharacteristic defense, particularly for that Tarpane try. But then again, at the end, like you, you do have to at at least point out that for all Canberra's dominance territorially and and in the forward battle, like it did really come down to like an awful bounce, wrong footing, the best fullback in the world for them to actually come through and win this game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Fair. That's true, but I also feel like the Roosters, sorry, the Raiders left some points on the board. They yeah. left some points out there, and they have that habit anyway, but they did have like a, they blew a try, what, 30, like they blew two tries, didn't, no, no, one try at 30 minutes or so when Rapana got the rules reversed of where you can jump from. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. I, <laughs> to, I, be fair, to be fair, they had no business scoring a try there. That would be yeah. one of the sickest tries ever. Yeah. But uh, it is just interesting though, like, and obviously everyone's sort of everyone's sort of getting behind the Raiders again and all that. But um, you know, they own they, they completed almost all their sets. I think they had like a ninety something percent completion percentage and mm-hmm. you know, and they were the beneficiary of a couple of quite lucky bounces or and or in the top and eight tries go some very uncharacteristically soft defense to find their points. So I'm just kind of worried for them next week that the the way they found a way through the roosters might not work against the storm, but perhaps they'll find other ways to breach uh, Melbourne's line. I, I mean, at know. the same time, like, they're what? Five and six from their last their last games with Melbourne? Like, they've beaten them relatively regularly, and I know that playing them in Suncorp is kind of a different beast, and we've discussed that at length on this show, but, like, um, I... I f- it, it's... I feel like the Roosters had the wood over the, the Raiders for a long period of time through that kind of stretch of three or four years where they were up there with the best teams and the Raiders were kind of also runs um, kind of probably from 2016 onwards, but the storm recently in the last three years, the Raiders have had their medal have had their measure rather um, like quite comfortably. If I remember correctly, I think they've only the storm have only beaten them once in the last four appearances. Yeah, that's definitely true. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, as as you say though, like the storm at the moment, like they're, very good and they're they're kind of humming along obviously there'll be some mitigating circumstances which we'll probably come on to later um but yeah i if i was i feel like if i was the raiders if i was in that camp i would be more confident to beat the storm than i would have been to beat the roosters i mean are the raiders not the only team in the competition that can pick out the storm on the calendar and go yeah 
Like not over, obviously not over their history, but the last since the start of last year, as you said, the three or four against them, and their one loss is is fourteen, sorry, twenty to fourteen. Yeah, but like they've been pretty good against that side. But uh, yeah, I just think back on this game though, as you mentioned about the Roosters and the Raiders getting out to that fast start, but that fast start and the Roosters coming back is why I just thought. Yeah, that try happened, Tesco screwed up. But that's why I thought the Roosters were never in that game. The scoreboard was telling me different, but I just never had the feeling. I wasn't worried when they got back to, you know, the scores got closed. Wasn't worried when they scored at the end. It just felt like to me that the Raiders had points there. Mm. They needed them. I know it sounds dumb saying that because if they needed them the whole game, but... Yeah, that is how it works, yes. What, um, <laughs> what did you think of the decision to start Salila Havili and bring Tom Starling off the bench? I mean, they've been doing that for a lot, you know, throughout the year. I know Starling's been pretty good starting the last few games, but he also hasn't... I know we've wrapped him against, you know, teams like the Bulldogs or similar, but he hasn't really stood up against the more physical teams in that period. And I do think, you know, that's a better, probably a better use of him. For mine, I'd, I'd rather have him finishing the game than starting it. Yeah, you know, that's my options. That well. If I've got one sub for my, for my hooker rotation... I'd rather have him play the last 55 than the first 55. And and also, I mean, the point that you make is like Havili can come on and play really anywhere in the forward line. Like if if you at a stretch, you could probably just put Havili in the middle and like make him a short prop. Like it's doable. Yeah. It's not fantastic. You know, it's not it's not optimal, but it's definitely doable. Um, so like in that in that case, you've basically got kind of two for the price of one. So you could rest somebody like a top and like the end of the game, for example, if need be, and just throw Havili out there and say, can you play lock for like 10 minutes? Like just go out there and run around a bit. Yeah, that's true too. Anyway, uh, on the Roosters side, uh, what kind of changes are they going to have to be looking at making in the offseason, if any, to get back to where Trevor Robinson will want them to be for next year? Well, just like I told people to shove it when they were telling me where I could be unhappy with my team when the Broncos came out last, last year, and I mentioned it earlier, just this year, that I, people have a right to be unhappy, whatever they want to be unhappy with. People telling Roosters fans they can't be unhappy, dickheads. <laughs> like, the Roosters expect more. Yes, they've won the last two comps. Doesn't mean they kind of the shits with how this, this year yeah. padded out because they, they, they should be a better team than what they were this year. And, and we mentioned this last week that Robbo big brained it in the finals that he has when he hasn't been confident in this side. And I think he big brained it again in this game where he started Mitch Orbison over, over Angus Crichton. I mean, Mitch Orbison is not great. Well, I mean, I know that it was his last game of professional rugby league, but like, you know, if they had a, if they had a start at Crichton, potentially it's not his last game of professional rugby league. Yeah. I mean, Orbison played 70 minutes and had seven runs in that back row and they needed a lot more out of him. And he's just, Average and it's almost like the retirement's doing them a favor, not having this gadget player. Yeah, the bloody roosters Taysom Hill that they throw on somewhere. Anyway, but it's you know I thought that's it. The starting was poor. Crichton was alright when he came on, but going ahead from here, I think it's that that seven jersey that their big issue is like Kyle Flanagan. Mm. That's you know rumors he's going to the Bulldogs or the Bulldogs talking to him, but that's two clubs he's moved on from in a couple of years and. I've got no interest in a player that wasn't good enough for this Roosters side. Like, if you can't be good in that team dominating at seven, where can you be good? I've got no. I interest mean, in. they're a team that won a premiership without a halfback. Yeah, true. He was. He <laughs> was. Can you put it like that? He was worse than Cooper Cronk standing and pointing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Uh, but yeah, I, that's very true. I think they've already got their answer there with, with uh, Sam Walker, but they've. Obviously, got to address what's happened with the Morris boys. Mm. 
if they're playing or not at their age. You know, is Sonny Bill staying on? What's Sonny Bill's situation? Is he going to go to Toronto Wolfpack? Are they going to do that dumb shit with Crichton and Tupanua? They do. And then Takayaho got hurt as well. I don't know how actually how serious that was. And yeah, was. there was talk that that was an ACL, but yeah. I hope, you hope not. I quite like Takayaho. So do I. But I do think they need another forward, another middle forward to, to really kick on. But you could see the, the cracks in that team and Robinson's frustrations coming through. And um, mm. they need an off season. I mean, and they still got bloody, they still got James Tedesco, they have Victor Radley back, yeah. they have Jake Friend, they have Sam Verrill, Sam Verrill. Luke Keary, they still got Hargreaves, Takayaho. Crichton, Cordner. Cordner needs a rest bad. I don't know. I don't know how you rest a, a brain, but rest the skull or whatever from what he's brain injury. But they, they need the they need an off season. And he I needs to wear a stack hat. I was mildly house. surprised Luke Keary came back on, by the way. I was flabbergasted he uh, came on. Given given his not that I thought it was a particularly bad uh shot no. today, although as we all know, there are no such thing as mild concussions, either concussion or not, just his history and his yeah. background with with um with head trauma, but and he looked he whatever. looked, they did he the looked out of it as soon as he went down, and they I was like, was maybe fine. give him a rest. We're not doctors, who are we to judge? So um, well, speak for yourself. I, I do want to say though, for the for the Raiders, I thought Nicol Klockstad had the best game of his, of his career in this game. Oh, big call! I like you know, it. But he had twenty two runs for two hundred seventy six meters, had a line break, but he was just everywhere, really good in defensively as well. But and he had cramp, he played through that cramp and really push harder. And, and I, I have no doubt that when he had that cramp, he probably thought back to the grand final last year. And I know for a fact after the grand final, he blamed himself for that loss. Rightly or wrongly, he thought he wasn't good enough on the night, got hooked. And I have no doubt that he probably had to think back just 20 minutes or so left in this game. We're back under the pump. You have to you have to run through this. Like mm. when you, And he stood up from that period and was exceptional. I thought he was great. We already mentioned Joe Tarpany, but Joe Tarpany is a guy that, when they swapped in for Mitch Barnett years ago, I, I loved the move for the Raiders and I liked it for the Newcastle. I like both those players, but you know, everyone really thought that they got the wood over the Knights at the time. And it took a long time for Tarpany to really find his feet and his role in this team. And again, you go back to that grand final last year and he's the player having a nap on the goal line when the Roosters score under the sticks, yeah. a really piss weak try. He's that guy, but he's just gone on leaps and bounds this year and potentially benefited from some other guys' injuries that he's had to step into a starting role and stay starting all year in the middle. Been fabulous, was great in this game, got the terrible hot take you always get. If you have a good game as a lock, it's never you had a good game. It is you are now the best lock on the competition. He got that dubbed after the game, of course. But yeah, shout out to him, another, another cracking game. And also I thought, you know, good to see John Bateman also fire up quite a bit. In his in his final, one of his final games for the club. One, one thing I love about Bateman, and I know that he's moving on at the end of the season, but like it always astounds me, even watching him after he's been here for as long as he has. Like his zero to one hundred is so quick. Like I know that he's a he's an edge back rower. I get that. Like he's not obviously going to be as fast as fullbacks or anything like that. But like the the speed with which he reaches top speed, his his kind of acceleration, it just always blows me away. And every time he runs it, like the gap between an edge and a half, I always like it. Always looks like he's going to break the line, just because he goes, "All right, I'm going at about fifty percent," and then he goes to a hundred, and that no one kind of can go with him, especially those edges who are a touch slower or the half who's probably tired from directing the attack. But yeah, as I said, every time he goes from fifty to a hundred, it's just like he just hits the button and goes straight he, through. He moves way faster than he looks. 
Yeah. Like he just does. He's, it's just like when we saw that full field chase attempt last year. You just see him zoom, and it looks like a guy. He kind of runs similar to Aiden Guerra when he looks like he's struggling to run sometimes. Yeah. But no, just, just motors. He, look- he would be he would be like a very good uh like a very good inside center in a union. Yeah. Like he's he just that same build and he just run over people. Doesn't look like an, an athlete's backside if you saw him down the, no, the street. No. Doesn't, <laughs> but but he's 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 fantastic. And I think they'll be all right without him with, with Harawir and Ira next year as well. But yeah. also wanted to shout out to Hudson Young, who's another guy who got fr- thrusted into it this year. And he played 60-odd minutes in the middle again and, and, and was, you know, a red-hot crack in this game. But it kind of just shows you that we Ricky, what he's become. I mean, what is that, three prelims in four years they've gone through with him now? Uh, three prelims mm. in five years. Five years, yeah. yeah. 16, 16, I mean, 16, 19, Missed in 20. 17 and 18 and then yeah, two so, prelims now. Yeah, so, you know, obviously one of the elite coaches in the competition at the moment has just found the right he's home. And Canberra's dad, so good for him. Yeah, and exactly. But I think I think... Anyone, even Ricky himself, would admit he's not. He wouldn't be the world's greatest rugby league tactician, but mm. that fit couldn't be more perfect. And no. he said he's Canberra's dad, but that culture is just so through that whole team. When it's just what good teams do is that when good teams have injuries, you don't even goddamn notice. And, the, yeah. and these guys have lost guys like Corey Horsburgh and J- Josh Hodgson, who those two type of players would have ended other teams' seasons losing those guys. Mm. They've lost them. They've gone on to win more games than last year. Yeah, we don't feel confident when they're winning very often, but they're such a good rugby league you know, club, not just side. They're such a good club that it doesn't matter who they lose. And this is the club that used to get crippled you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. They'd lose one star. Their fans Alan Tung. Are- and then yeah. it was all downhill. They'd be, but they'd all, you know, hand, all the fans would have their head in their hands. They'd get crippled. Like Terry Campisi gets injured, the team dies. You know, the team rushes him back to get Terry back on the side. Gets injured yeah. again, it's over. They lose Josh yeah. Dugan, it's over. They lose Fergo, it's over. Todd Carney fucks up, it's over. You know, they used to kill seasons for that club. Now it's like, oh, Hodgson's out. It's okay, next one's up. Here's a, here's oh, a crazy Bateman's stat going. From, it's okay, from... we've got Harry and I coming. Hey, yeah. Ryan James is coming too. Hey, who forgot? We, hey, we've got Hudson Young's playing well. Corey Horsburgh's here. Dunamis Louis looks like a rep player. Like, they've got fucking <laughs> options coming out of their asshole. They don't, it's just, they've built such a good system down there. And I'm yeah. you know, really happy for that community and that it's, team. It's funny the point that you make about Horsburgh. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, like, he plays for the Raiders. Yeah, oh, and, I forgot. It, yeah, Raiders, Emre Gould was all, but Horsburgh was having such a good year. And he's just, he's not there and it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, yeah, so as I was as I was going to say, sorry to jump in like that on you, Mitch. Please, um, go ahead. Crazy stat from this time. game: only one Raider made more than forty tackles, and that was wow. Whitehead made forty-one. And uh, Whitehead looked like he made them too. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, he co- the man constantly looks like he's worked for twelve days without sleep. Yeah. So I'm an Elliot Whitehead fan, but the last twenty to thirty minutes of this game, he was no bueno. That try. <laughs> That yeah. Joey Manu scored, which, um, oh God, I thought they were going to take that off him. And then we got a tweet from our good friend, Michael Darren, that he asked us about simplifying double movement last week. And then that happens. Of course it happens. Yeah. Uh, I, that, slowing that down looked terrible cool. But that, what happened in that instance, Croker getting absolutely bathed by Manu uh, was not good. But then Whitehead bad. just like, like, I don't know what he was doing, but threw a leg out at something. Yeah, he's just like trailing right. along, like, I'm coming. Come back. And it, it kind of kicked towards something. Yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> oh, no, Elliot. And that there, maybe that was the one moment I had a bit of worry for the Raiders if, if they could get Manu one-on-one with Croker more, but it just didn't happen. Mm. But by the way, yeah, so the Raiders are missing Ryan Sutton, Corey Horsburgh, Emre Gula, Curtis Scott. And yeah, Curtis Scott's not very good, but still they're missing him. Josh Hodgson, Bailey Simonson. And 
you know, Semi Valame is not supposed to be playing either, and he's come on with leaps and bounds. And it's mm. not that big injury list, but all of those guys are in their best seventeen. They all played in last year's prelim. Well, Curtis Scott didn't, but Curtis they... Scott didn't. But yeah, aside from that, yeah, pretty pretty strong injury list, and you don't notice it. That's mm-hmm. the massive difference with the, with clubs like the Raiders right now, and I probably yeah. missed one or two injuries there as well. I'm sure one of our many Raiders listeners is is, is screaming at us. Dave's talking. Mm. Dave's Dave's getting mad about whatever his yeah. name was, Kurt Stevens yeah. or whoever. Darby Medlin. Derby, Darby, yeah. Twin boy. I don't know. Stop it. Uh, I and also thought a... Sonny Bill quite played quite well. By the way, so, like so obviously did it didn't really work out how yeah. they wanted it this season, but he wasn't the reason they lost, and he seemed. He was one of their better players on, on Friday, I thought. Yeah, and it was annoying because the commentators were asking where Sonny Bill was every three minutes. And I was like, oh, he's oh, they were like, oh you got to bring him on game. now. It's like it's been 15 minutes, maybe. He's not then, playing. And he was five. good. Although I wanted, him, I wanted him at 5 eighth if Kiri didn't come back on. That would have been sick. That would have been sick. But <laughs> yeah, and also shout out Jack White, too, by the way. Like, he has his ups and downs, but he's had his ups for about five weeks in a row now. Mm. No man scores more lucky tries than Jack White. It's insane. I've never seen anything like it. Got to be there, Matt. You got to be I there. I know, but still. It's because like he's just. It's because he's just insane. It just yes. Yes. It's runs, run, just runs a lot. Also, runs complete, completely up. unnecessary, like diving put down on that Tedesco. No, I respect that. Try, like it was sick, but also like could have got horribly wrong. Feel like it was necessary. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> wrong on that. <laughs> okay. Ryan Tall um, man over and, here. And Mitch Toyle. Raiders fans will never admit it, but Jared Croker isn't good enough for this side. No, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, that's it. I said it. Yeah, he 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 hasn't been good for the last few weeks, and he's a little uptick in form. And he's got about seventeen years left on his contract. I was going to say, yeah, but and he'll keep playing for the Raiders forever and ever, and he'll be yeah, he probably will. the greatest point scorer in the game's history, which is terrifying. And every Raiders fan I mentioned that to generally goes, "I know, and I don't care." And yeah, that's, that's good. Fair. So I'll keep saying it because he yeah. sucks now. Stop hurting their feelings. <laughs> um. Anyway, anything else to say about this game before we move on? Um, uh, the guy, do we have to talk about the next one? The, the, guy, the, covering, the guy covering himself in milk. Did you see that? That was the best. That was great. That was uh, very, very good. <laughs> also, shout out to friend of the pod, Tom Kelly. Uh, you can find him at, at the messenger and uh, at the messenger RL on Instagram. Uh, brought strawberry milk to the game and drank it after halftime in a glass that he somehow also got into the game. So up the milk. He sat there. Okay. Did he have like a liter or two liters? He had like one of those little, uh, like what's called like a little strawberry milk. So why did he need a glass for it? Well, he, I don't know. Cinematography. He's the art student. I'm mad. I don't respect it anymore, Dale. He stuck a small glass. I I wanted two liters and the guy had a pint glass is what I want to see. (laughs) That (laughs) was very yeah. Also, the video of the bloke absolutely giving it large. At the I was going to say, like, we're, we're, we're loath to mention AFL on this podcast, but the coach of one of the teams on the weekend, they panned to him in the coach's box and he had a two-liter bottle of Dare Iced Coffee next to his, like, laptop. That's it. It's good, good for them. That's, that's, that's a big boy. That's that's the kind of milk you've got to be sneaking into games, Dale. That's Come exactly on, right. Speaking well, of pocket milk, it is just... Like, I was going to say, maybe, juice maybe the Raiders posts... I imagine you could just walk in holding a strawberry milk and no one would care. Oh, that is true. But alas, as I said, <laughs> yeah, no. up the milk. Like, if the glass just, is actually more impressive, to yes, be honest. It is. Especially in the members. Like You know they sniff your water sometimes. Well, you know... It's milk. I'm not, gonna, milk. I'm not drinking white Russians here, mate. No, it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's strawberry milk. I brought it in the it's only Russians. Like, I've been spiked it with vodka in there or whatever. It's just milk. Ugh, it's, good. it's a good milk. idea, though. Yikes. Anyway, uh, Parramatta Eels, 24. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 38. Um, South's back in the preliminary final again for the second straight year. Uh, so third straight year, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, there's just so many disappointments. They blend together. Um, mm. Yeah, Parramatta sh- had 
pretty much an amazing 10 minutes where Clint Gutherson transformed into the best player on the planet. Um, but for the rest of the time, it was pretty dominant uh, for the Rabbitohs, who the fought back the time, in the second he half. He transformed into, into Clint Gutherson. I was just about <laughs> to say that. He just um, he, he big, went back to normal. A, a big win for team just ground the ball in your own in goal. Why do you try to pick it up and throw it out oh. um, on that Bailey Sirenen try? Because that was a classic example of that going wrong. Just ground the ball, Gutho. Just ground it. I don't, I don't get where... Like I don't get what happened. What do you still? think is going to happen? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I don't know, man. He should have just fell on it. Uh, but by the way, before we got to that point, we had the. Have you ever seen anything like what happened with Miss Mose? I've seen the. I've seen the attacking team get the ball back and score a try, but I've never seen the defensive team get the ball and go eighty meters before off a missed penalty goal from mm. right in front as well. Well, not no. right in front, but very, very kickable. <sighs> Very kickable. And yeah, I haven't seen that level of counter. And I saw that weird um, subsection of Eels fans who refused to blame Mitch Moses, blaming the team for not being ready for the bounce back. It's like, well, it sprayed like 20 meters the other way because he hit the post so cleanly. <laughs> and oh, yeah, some, someone are coming I read, forward there. I read somewhere that um, someone was saying that Paulo should have got pinged for an illegal tap on before he caught the ball. <laughs> Tap on. Oh, I did see that. Is where he, that, is that he even against the, the rule to himself? Yeah, you can't pass it forward to yourself. He didn't. You can't. He was trying to catch it. You but can't you tap to... it forward either. But it imagine has to be like a massive could... deliberate movement that yeah, proved you it have to be able to see yourself. Imagine if, he, imagine if they called that. Jesus Christ! But they didn't. Yeah. South won. They're off to a prelim against Penrith. Um, I thought they were good. I thought Parramatta really. It's it's weird that you see this happen in a, in a game. Well, you see this in other sports where teams will sell out in inverted commas to really sort of try and mark one player out of the game and Parramatta kind of really concentrated all the defensive efforts on Cody Walker and basically forgot that there was a right-hand side of the field. Um, <laughs> cl- cl- clinical error. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, they did a great job of shutting down um, that AJ and Cody Walker side, but uh, young Jackson Paula had a field day. Adam Reynolds did his best work on the right in this game. And, and the cook try to Liam Knight also came from that side as well. So Yeah. They did a great job shutting down the man who is the form player in the competition, but this is, I guess, why it's so important that Adam Reynolds is playing as well as he is right now because mm. if when Cody was shackled, they they went without him in this game and, and both Reynolds and Cook, I thought, were outstanding. Yeah, Damien Cook's allowed to play good finals twice in a row now. That's um, in a row. He was great. Just keep him game. away from Josh Papali. We'll, we'll be fine. <laughs> That's it. He was he was fantastic in this game. I think that's what you mentioned. This is why that this Rabbitohs team is so, so threatening right now is that you just you can't stop them scoring points. Yeah, agreed. He can't. It's kind of like, and I'm going to sound like a wanker saying this, but you know, when this off season teams are in the Chiefs division in the NFL, they all just accepted. It's like, you know what? We're not going to stop Pat Mahomes. Let's just gear the fuck up and yeah. hope we can outscore them. And it worked for the Raiders, but you know, the 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 Broncos went out and got a lot of offensive players. The Raiders won this week doing it, but it's like South are going to score 24 plus pretty much. You have to accept that. You got to find mm. a way to score more than them. This game, like, it's not one of those games. You're not going to hit them to six. No. Because yeah. they, and, 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 they can score in bunches like that. Yeah, and going forward, like, this is very similar with Penrith. Like, Penrith aren't going to score. That Penrith aren't really going to beat you at this point. They're in such good form. They're not going to beat you 14-10, you know? Mm. It might be 14-10 at halftime, and then they might blow you off the park. But as you say, like, there's, I have every confidence in Souths going forward to score, even against Penrith, to score 30 points. And whether Penrith can go with them or whether Penrith can score more, I mean, will remain to be seen. But yeah, these two teams, like it's it's all four teams really in the prelims. I mean, obviously Canberra and the Storm um, are, are quite good defensively as well as we've seen. But like 
this South's pet. This could be forty six to fifty this week. Yeah, like these teams. This could be an. All, this could be like an all star game. Well, just, Anna, we're just not going to tackle. People think I'm being ridiculous, but their points scored in the last few games. They scored thirty eight points this week. They scored forty six against Newcastle, sixty against the Roosters. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs game doesn't count. Okay, it just doesn't. Yep. <laughs> Twenty six against the Tigers. And there's a team that held in a point, Storm only 16, but then 38, 56, 31, 28, 32. Like their averages at this point, what, like 35, 36? So that, that whole period there is ridiculous. Like, yeah. And, and that Storm game as well, they scored 16 in the first half. It started pissing down rain at halftime and they couldn't hold the ball in the second half. So that is, a, that is an um, issue. Yes. Yeah. I really hope it doesn't rain this week. We're pretty screwed if it rains. Yeah. Where's the well, game going to be played? Uh, uh, ANZ. Man, that, oh, well, that's, that's it. That's, that's a shame. You guys need fast footy. And, and I do think there's that bit of that concern that you know, they were down 20 nil to the Knights, 18 nil to Tigers, 14 nil Knights. Last, the, what was it in the Eels? The Eels game 14 nil as well, not 14. Uh, 18 to eight, 18, 18 to eight. Eight, 8. They do give that up, but they're so confident in chasing games. And as the game wears on and they keep playing faster, it's so hard for teams to go with them. Like, yeah, I just, it's it's hard to, to get a finger on why they keep letting leads go 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 out in front of them, if you get me. But they're so good at chasing me. You never fucking remember it happened. You know, you forget that happened. Hey, Vanguard. Yeah, it's. I can't put my finger on it. I'd prefer it didn't keep happening. But, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, is this uh, what but... this is? Are you getting a bit of the a bit of the Raiders experience, mate? Of you know, you you, you go down by a long way. No, and you, no. You... Dale, I, I've I've seen my team win a premiership. So no. Ah, uh, that is uh, true. But, um, I mean, I've seen but, my um, team win a premiership as well. So that's good. Congratulations. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it, it's, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite strange. And I'm still a bit worried about their defense going forward, um, hmm. especially against Penrith. But yeah, when you can score 40 points a game, it doesn't matter all that much. So yeah, fuck it. Two more wins. Let's go. <laughs> um, what do you think of your boy Kale and Kolomotangi again? He was great. I only had eight oh, runs. So good. It's just, but they were all impactful line bending runs. Like, every time he gets the ball, it's just so damaging. Um, Tom Burgess as well. I don't know what's going on there. He's awesome. Um, it, 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 and, it, and it's bizarre that you can have guys who are in such as good form as Burgess and Totola are. And unlike Parramatta, who they made a big, um, there was a big, there was a big talking point on the commentary at the time when Paulo and Campbell Gillard went off. But for Siasi, didn't really notice it because on comes Mark Nichols and on comes Keon Kolomatangi and on comes Liam Knight. And, and they're all good as well. Like, yeah. I don't really understand it, but like, and on the other hand, you've got um, Andrew Davey and Kane Evans coming on for Parramatta in the place of Junior Paulo, who's one of the best props in the world, and Regan Campbell, Who? who's been who's been yeah. one of the best props in, in the competition this year as well. And that was probably a big difference. And it's no coincidence when it was in that very, I think it was the, the, the first half of the second half when those guys were still off the field was when South really started to wrestle that ascendancy back. Yeah, and people will laugh like, because of Mark Nichols' reputation, people can't accept how well he's playing this year. But what you mentioned there, you look at the Eels bench. They got four runs for 40 metres out of Evans, six runs, 60 out of Andrew Davey, one run for eight metres out of Ray Stone, and then Will Smith came on. He doesn't count, really. So you look over on the South bench, and in 20 minutes, Colin Matangi had eight runs for 86. You know, in 32 minutes, Mark Nichols had eight runs for 110. And then Liam Knight had 11 runs for 98 metres. So those that's are guys right. who are getting again, who are getting great meters per run in their short stint. But that's obvious that you can see that it's goddamn pounded Parramatta. <laughs> those guys, when, mm. the, when the, as you said, when that switch happened, because uh, you, forgot, Je- out of you skin. forgot Jed Cartwright, two runs, two errors. Yeah. 
to errors. There you go. Great stuff from Jed. Nichols has been great off the bench for you guys. It's just, it's just the fact at this point. It's weird, but that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, there's, it, it continues to flabbergast me. It doesn't matter. Um, my concern about Jaden Sewer, who was down for a long time with a knee injury, but then he just, they didn't even go off the field. Like they stopped the game for like five minutes, yeah. and then he just got up and played the ball. That was a bit strange, but um, yeah. and that was one of those nasty ones where no one really did anything wrong. It's just his knee got bent in a weird spot. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, the the final score was along the lines of what we all expected, right? I mean, perhaps the game itself didn't flow the way that we thought. Mm. I don't think anyone thought Parramatta winning up by 10 at half time, but I mean, in the end, there wasn't really anything too surprising about this one. There wasn't. I mean, I just wish we'd have Junior Paulo on a more entertaining team. You know, like he set tries up. He was great in this game, but it's like that great ball plan. Let me see him on South. Let me see him doing his hit and spin offload to Damien Cook when he's at South. It'd be great. But he he is at a cracking year for a guy I've been a fan of for a long time. And he'll get his rep jersey finally. Excuse me, I just burp. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone heard it, so you could have just That's moved good. past oh, well, it. Um... I, I did, I'm just saying I did it. <laughs> I can smell <laughs> yeah, it. But, it's a whole thing. And um, obviously, <laughs> I, th- I actually thought, um, and we'll get to Michael Jennings when we get to the news section, but I, I thought apart from that early drop ball, I thought Hayes Dunster actually wasn't bad for them. Yeah, I thought Wonga Blake was gash. <laughs> yes, I do too. But I actually yeah. thought Hayes Dunster on debut didn't do too badly. Just a big so fan good, of having a man named Hayes. Hayes Dunster in the league. Um, the if you're an Eels fan, I mean, obviously lots of positives to take away from this season. Like Paulo's fantastic. Ruben Campbell-Gillard has a very good year. Mm. Back row's pretty strong. Marnie's good enough. Um, some big question marks, particularly in the number seven jersey, I think. Hey, like just the world's biggest fucking flat track bully. Like, and it, gets, mean, it gets worse every year and more obvious every year. There was a really dumb rumor. I think 100% footy put it out last night saying, and it went on Twitter today, saying Mitch Moses for Mitch Pierce swap. You know, anyway, no. the thing is that when they said that, it clicked and I'm like, holy shit, he really kind of is the next Mitch Pierce because he's had a reputation for ages. He's had good, good five or six week periods of, the, of, of years where everyone goes on about, mate, this guy might be the best halfback in the competition. But the business end of the year, when his team needs it, he's fucking nowhere to be seen. And in fact, he's a bad influence on his team when his team needs it. Not mm. only did he hit the post with that penalty goal and they conceded right after, but by the end of the field, and we mentioned this, like we asked this question last week, but when that kick comes into the end goal, it is Mitch Moses' job as that half to sweep and get back there as well. Instead, he stands on his goal line, arms out, just looking at it happen, and then yells at the referee after they score. It's like, well, well done, Mitch. Mm. You know, may, just maybe if you ran back as well and if you could have been there to bat back the guffo fuck up, just maybe. But instead, you did the usual moaning bitch thing and stood on your feet. And even if he wasn't there, even if he wasn't there sweeping, even if he drops back into the, even if he just drops back into the in goal, if he has a foot in the in goal and he catches that ball, he's not offside. Just do anything. Like, yes. that's, just, that's all you want. Like, do I'm, anything. Help. If he's you in know? that tackle and he fails, whatever, I don't even notice it. But I notice mm. when he's not doing something and when he's not trying. But yeah, he just wasn't great in this game. And he's been a concern for the last few weeks. And, you know, Gutho, whilst he's been memed and we did meme him, he was really good in this game for, for the most part, bar that mistake, which is you know, pretty costly. But I thought he was good. Brown had a pretty good year. And, you know, he's the young fella. And, and Marnie's also quite young too, but he had a good year too. I thought Marnie had a decent game as well. Mitch Moses is the guy, the fulcrum there, who's supposed mm. to step up when things are going against his team, supposed to ice those moments with piss-easy penalty goals, and he can't do it. And he's been around long enough to do those things. 
in paid enough. I think to it's do pretty things. hard to I think it's pretty hard to argue against. Then, as I said, I mean, like, the not not just that kind of like complacency about not being able to sweep in a critical moment. And I know that like it, when when the games when the game's happening, you don't realize that it's a critical moment. You just think of it as another play. It's kind of only in twenty twenty hindsight that you look back and you go, "Well, I should have made that play." But as you said, like when he when he gets in a strop. There are so few players, and I, I get that he's a flat track bully. I mentioned that before, but like there are so few players who get down on confidence so quickly and turn mm. from bad to shit house so obviously. Like yep. when he get he he wants to do too much, he gets his nose in the, in the way, and when he's in a mood, he just like he tries to do so much and he can't pull it off. Whereas when he's beating a team, they're beating, you know, they're punching down. Everything turns to gold for him. And then he can kind of get more involved and really run up a score. Like the, the try that he scored, that famous photo, the famous footage of him scoring in the corner at the, you know, what was it, the first game at Parramatta Bank Stadium? Bankworth opening, yeah, yeah. You know, like, great. That's a, that's a photo that will be there forever. That, fantastic, good for you. But like the real, the real way that they judge great players is how you play when, you're pl- when your team is going poorly. And for him to be for his football mm-hmm. when his team is playing poorly to be described as like he should be in the Hague is kind. Like he was yeah. God awful. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like just like Mitch Pierce, he's the same thing is that unfortunately for the Eels, you have to go, they're going to go down with him. They're not going to move on yeah. from Mitch. They're not going to move on from Mitch Moses. No. The Rooster moved on from Mitch Pierce because Cooper Cronk asked to come there. Yeah. And <laughs> he did. Yes. And it's, you're just trapped in that awkward spot of like, Pop, like again, he is better than most of the halfbacks in the competition, mm. but they don't want better. They want best when they when they when they're in the top four team. You know, you want bet you want better than what Mitch Mitch Moses is, and they're in that weird spot of like they can't really punt him and move some get someone else in. There's there's no there's no other option at this point. They're like he mm. he is their he is their kind of Peter principle. Yeah. He is their failing up. He is, and uh, I'm sure we have some great games next year, and people will say we're morons or whatever, but. I think the toughest thing for Parramatta is like this team is who everyone said they were. They yeah. are the knocked out two weeks in a row team. We we knew that this was going to happen. We from called like, it straight from away like, from like round two. But that's yeah, such we a, like, like that's, oh, they're going to win the premiership in March. Great. Yeah. And it's not just us. It's just everyone who was knocking them was right. And I think yeah. the tough part of that is like Brad Arthur was even apparently using those knockings as motivation. Mm. And it happened. Like this team did have a bit of an, a soft underbelly. And when 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 South turned up the heat. It cracked, and they scored some pretty easy tries yeah. in a, in a in a knockout final. I mean, they they had a they have a soft they have a soft underbelly in the same way that like if you don't blow torch the sugar on a creme brulee, it's just a custard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Right, before, we, before we move on, how good was the French commentary version of the Jack? Oh, try? mate, fuck! I so before I got KO, before KO was really a thing, uh, I used to watch not legal streams of BN sports France. Um, and I remember I watched the dragons play the Broncos in Wollongong and it was pouring rain and the Broncos wore their women in league Jersey and they look like strawberry Cadbury chocolates. And I watched the French commentary and I was like, you know what, if there's ever a really good game, this is going to be amazing because like the guys obviously just lose it. Like the, he, it's the same kind of thing as Vossi. Like he clearly just loves calling footy. Um, and, but man, it was <laughs> dunking on Tedesco in French is somehow funnier. <laughs> the true. poor guy. Ah, well, good yeah, stuff. Man. All about. Um, didn't mention Corey Allen, but you know, everyone knows. If you know, you know. 
Also, could we could we get? Uh, you know what I'd really love. You know how when Kawhi hit that shot last year against the Sixers, mm. the NBA put out like the shot that heard around the world, and it was all the different language commentaries just for yeah. that shot. I would yep. love to see a rugby league version of that for a moment, similar to that, like the Tedesco try, or like Fafita's try, or Felt's try in the grand final, or something like that. I would love to see That'd a moment. Cool. You yeah, know, well, you could get that. correct. You could we get. Don't... You get English on Fox Sports. You get, you know, the British English in England. Yep. You get French and French. You get decrepit boomer on Channel Nine. Ah, oh, good, good. Yep. I mean, they are, they are four <laughs> separate languages. Or uh, can we? Can we? Is there? A, is there like a Samoan radio station that we can get when Papali scores? I don't know. Sure. Why not? Um, in the NRLW, uh, Roosters twenty-two defeated the Warriors twelve, and the Broncos eighteen defeated the Dragons four. So, unfortunately, this weekend's games are both dead rubbers with the. Roosters Broncos grand final being confirmed. Yep. Again. Oh. Hate to say it. Uh, you really you do. Kezi Apps <laughs> out with an MCL and uh, who was diagnosed? Is is this Dragons coach going to ever come under any media pressure at all? I mean, or have people you, just have Ian Lacey's brother, whatever his name is, Daniel I was, Lacey? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, have you? Are you aware of the club that he coaches? Right? But like, the, they have the best team on paper every year, and they're just Teflon. disappointing every Absolute year. Absolute Teflon. Uh, Apparently so. Um, yeah, Brisbane what is still good. Is there a Wendy Bennett out there somewhere just to take whatever <laughs> he's done to the next level? <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I, they should always they should schedule Brisbane to play the Roosters in the first week of the regular season. That way, we don't have this happen. You knew this was going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, every, but anyway, every except for last year, last okay. was the only one. And I think oh, the Roosters yeah. the, there was the one of the Dragons had to win by like sixteen in the last game to make the plot final, and they did. But anyway. Um, yeah, so not much to really get excited for for that uh, this weekend. Um, but uh, we'll be obviously we're talking about that a lot more when the grand final comes along in two weeks' time. Um, let's look ahead to this week's games. First of all, we have on Friday night, the Canberra Raiders travelling to Brisbane to play the Melbourne Storm. Um, we know they love beating them in Melbourne, Dale, but can <laughs> they beat them in Melbourne's true home of Suncorp Stadium? Of Brisbane. Yeah. Uh... I'm significantly, uh, like, strangely less confident about this game, even though I did did just mention that I'm sure the team know that they kind of have the Storm's, Storm's number. Um, but I'm less confident about this game for a number of reasons. A, I, it worries me that the team would have thought that last week was their grand final. Uh, and, and that obviously has a big impact so on... So they've brought on, their grand final forward from preliminary finals. Two weeks, yes, yes, yes. Semi-finals. The, the theory is, if you make round 25 the grand final, you never have to worry about the finals. Um, and that's... Uh, welcome to West Tigers Weekly. Um, but yeah, as I said, I, I, it would worry me if I, was a, if I was in the camp, that especially setting up for this game, that like the, the players will have thought that last week was the ultimate goal. To beat the Roosters was the ultimate goal of this final series. When obviously the whole, the whole deal of this is to win, you know, to win the big dance. But at the same time, as I said previously, like they, they know how to beat Melbourne. And, and yeah, Melbourne have had a week off, um, but they know how to beat Melbourne. Um, they've done it before. They can do it again. Um, it, it's going to be an absolutely stonking game, though. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Are you picking uh, the Raiders? <sighs> I think I'll go. I think I'll go the Raiders by fewer than five points. Yeah, this is it is a hard one, mate. Like as you said, I do feel confident in the Raiders when they play the Storm when they play them quite well. Mm. But 
I don't know. The Storm have, they're not very Storm like in their defense either. Like I mentioned earlier, the Bunnies are scoring so much. Well, the Storm were conceded 24. Uh, what, thir- 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 last one doesn't really count. They were all out, but 30 against the Dragons, 22 to the Tigers, 20 to the Cowboys. Mm. Usually staunch defense. They can outscore teams, though. Um, I do think the Storm will do it just because I think the Storm were a better side than they were last year. I think they're yeah. ready to go to that grand final and compete with whoever is there. And like I just look at their team. They've just got Dale Finucan back. He's in the 18 jersey. He's Munster sure back. Munster's playing. I'm sure Finucan probably comes into the side for Tom Eisenhuth, I mm. guess. It's such a strong side. like So strong from 1 through 17. Going to be a different looking side next year. Um, Branko Lee, Origin Bolter in the centres there. Might be Ken Smith's last game or second last game. I think the Storm are doing it. I just do. I think they're going to that grand final and I don't know if they're going to win the grand final. I've got to see how I feel after this week, but I do think they're just, um, they're, they're too good for this Raiders team. Even though it sounds mm. dumb saying that after how much I've waxed about how good these Raiders are. It's not dumb because I agree. I think the Storm will win by eight points to 10 points somewhere in that region. Um, just going back to what I said earlier when we talked about that Raiders game, I obviously they worked hard and they were physically on top of the Roosters, but the way they scored their points, I just didn't see enough in there that seemed like it was sustainable. And I know that they've beaten Melbourne before in Melbourne and in, and in Canberra, but it's a different beast when they're playing them hmm. up there on Suncorp. And I just think that Melbourne this year are a little bit better than Melbourne last year and the year before that, and they have another level that they can go to. And I don't know if if they get to that level where they're scoring that scoring 24 to 30 points, I don't know if Canberra can go with them in that regard. I think for Canberra to win, they probably have to keep this to unders. Um, and I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. Like storm teams kind of go through this little cycle of like, that's that squad will compete for three years, then win a comp, you know, <laughs> like a three, four years and win a comp. I know they only lost four games last year and then lost the grand final. But uh, you look at that squad now and it's like, yeah, this team's this is a pretty red hot storm team. They're mm. gonna lose uh, you know, Tino this offseason, probably Ado Car, probably Vunaval like Vunavalo's gone. Uh, maybe Cam Smith. Like they're at that point now of like this is they're running red hot. They're about to have another little mini bit of change again. It's like I just think they're too good with all those guys there playing the level they're playing at. Like, you know, again, Tino's playing like an eight hundred thousand dollar forward who's gonna go like that in the Titans on his rookie contract, for example, you know, in, in the middle. I think they're just too good and too fit. Now, Christian Dale? was playing a little too, by the way. Dale's, he, Dale's hitting the Raiders? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 again, I'm less confident than last week. Um, but, yeah, I've, I have... Look, last week I had no rhyme nor reason, and this week I'm going with the same theory. Yeah, fair uh, enough. served me well through hey, the whole well, time that we've least, been doing this podcast. At least someone on the podcast will be right, that much we know. Um, Saturday night, ANZ Stadium, Penrith Panthers hosting... South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, two teams who've never played in a finals game before. Isn't that weird? Really? Yep, never. I so just... South had never played Newcastle. They'd played Parramatta once, and they've never played Penrith. That's interesting, because obviously you guys actually played a bit of finals the last few years too. It's not like you've had on and off good periods. Well, you guys well are... I mean, they both they both played in a prelim in 2014. They both and, played and, in... And not just that, um, but like 89, 90, 91, you guys were actually pretty good. Right? Yeah, that's South true. lost the prelim in 89? Yes, yes, yes. They were yeah. they minor premiers and went out in straight sets to I think Canberra and Balmain, I believe. Uh, yeah, and then obviously ninety one. And then from eighty nine onwards, I think we were shit out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. interesting. 
Uh, this this game is like, I think this is another good matchup. I thought I think Penrith would have dusted the Eels. I know they went close earlier in the year, but I do think like this is a pretty good matchup because as Dale said earlier, these are both two teams that can score in bunches. Hmm. And they're, and they're both really good at what they're good at. Like the execution with the ball in hand for both teams is, is pretty sensational. And I do think, looking at it earlier, I thought the makeup of the teams is kind of similar too, in the sense of like they both have that, you know, Cook or Coruscant bit of darty playmaker around around number nine playing really well. They both have that game manager number seven playing some of their best ever footy. They both have that spark in number six, who, who's the guy who creates a lot of their points and a lot of their running game and Luai and Walker. And they both have that maligned. Fullback who was supposed to be shit, who's actually really good. Like I was like, oh yeah, they're kind of, they're kind of lining up like that. And yeah, but uh, I know you'll be confident in South uh, Bunga, but I just think um, Penrith the week off, and it's going to be tough. <laughs> like, real oh, fucking yeah. Um, yeah, I think there are. You, you're right. There's a lot of similarities between the two teams. Uh, I know Penrith won that game um, earlier in the year. I think it was it was 20 to 12. There was that weird game where South took the ball a million times. And I think two, two different Rabbitohs players got sinbinned. Mm. And despite that, it was, I think six all or eight, six with 20 minutes to go. So they'll probably take a lot of confidence from that. And they'll probably, then they'll certainly take a lot of confidence from how good they've been for the past month. And of course, Penrith have been amazing as well. They've only lost one game this year. And even then that was only because of 10 minutes of Wanga Blake brilliance. They could well be undefeated. Um, yeah, they're, they're the favorites with good reason, but, 2020 is not about reasons. It's not about logic. <laughs> it's about winning two more football games and winning the 22nd Premiership in the history of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. South will win. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do think Kikau's a big out. Obviously, everyone thinks he's a, knows he's a Huge big out. out. And, I th- and Capel's a very good player, but it yeah. really does change that whole left-hand side of their attack for your right-hand defense. It's like, you don't have to overcommit to Bill Kikau running line. Can I, can I just say, thank God, Jaden Sue is fit because he's been awesome defensively on that side. And, uh, and if he was out and there was a reshuffle and we'd probably have to start Jed Carter right there. Um, bit of dramas, possibly. Well, so. I, I, I did forget to say this earlier. Actually, I think Adam Reynolds' defense has been really good the last few weeks again. because he, he, he smashed someone on Saturday. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, holy shit, he smashed a guy. But if you remember last year, he started making some business decisions. Yes. I that might have been the way when he was queer as going that way. But no, nah, he's been really solid with, with Sewer there. And Penrith have really missed it. The thing Nathan Cleary's best at in the competition is landing his kicks in the right place. It was wasted with Griffin. He was putting mid-foot bombs up all the time. And whilst they still bomb now, they bomb with a purpose. And they are so good at landing kicks in that bit of uncertainty, that area between the winger and fullback, five metres out or two metres out from the goal line, where Kikau will compete for the ball in the air, where Crichton will compete for the ball in the air. They're so good at landing it there and doing that, as I mentioned before, the Jack and Jill. And Kikau not being in, that probably takes six to eight points away from them. Like, that's just so good at that, that you know, mm. him being out. And the defence might be a little better, but... It just really reshapes that whole left-hand side. And, 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 and given, given the matchup, you're not really concerned about defense because you're, you're kind of expecting to be in a shootout as well. So yeah. Well, how weird is uh, Dangagai being good defensively in the centers too, by the way? It's great. It doesn't, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Gagai's been good all year in the centers. Just okay. Yeah, James Roberts, <laughs> well, James Roberts probably won't play for Souths again, hey? Yeah, I'd, I'd ship him out as well. I mean... We've got, you've got Uh-oh. the awkward thing to do anyway when Luttrell well, comes I don't know back what's gonna happen. If they win the premiership with Corey Allen at fullback, I don't know what you do. I genuinely think you go Trell, Gagai, Senners, and Johnston and Addo Carr on the wings next year. So Because well, Allen sucks everywhere else. That's the other problem it, too. It's true. You can't put him in any other position. That's the problem. So like in, in 2006 when the Broncos had that run when Hodges played fullback, 
Kamakon like, played on the wing or the center, right? Yeah. Uh, he played on the wing, but it's like Hodges can just go back to center, you know? Corey Allen is back to reserve grade or the full, yeah. like, fullback. You know, he's so shit on the wing. Or maybe his confidence completely changed after this period. But yeah, he, he's been sensational. That's an issue for next year. You do think that if like, they can't win this game in, in the next one and then move Corey Allen somewhere else, right? They can't. You just can't do it. Especially when Trell was one of the best centers in the world, like last yeah. year. So, he was. But, uh, <laughs> so, we'll, see, we'll see what happens to that. Well, well did, you, that did you make a prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Penrith 1 to 12. It's fair. It's fine. Both of you just... The, the kick out, the kick I want out to, does, does worry me, though. I want to pick South. You know that I'm cheering yeah, South. I, no, I understand. I understand. I understand. But uh, Penrith I, deserve their respect so far. They do. And we'll see if they lose it. Uh, I would yeah. like Souths to win also because it means that both teams can wear home jerseys in the grand final if the Storm win. I'm I'm very interested as well though because like, Souths is so good at moving the ball around and we all know Penrith are such an angry bunch of little little mugs right they fire up they have they push their line speed real hard play real aggressive and play at the point of contact if Souths can get those two passes wide around the ruck you know which Reynolds and Cook have been doing so well this year yeah and, and Cody Walker been doing you know a lot of the trials they'll score will be two quick passes and Cody Walker is just under through untouched. There yeah. is points to be had for South baiting Penrith into, into doing that. Mm-hmm. I'd be really interested to see if they do that early in the game because if they can get, and you'll see early in the game, you'll see Fisher Harris shoot up out of the line or Isaiah Yoshi out of the line. If they can go quick hands, there's actually meters to be made against this side. And I think they're the team who have the balls to do it. A lot of teams just want to play yardage battle and they're just cop getting smacked and try and play light yardage. South have the balls to spread that ball and test Penrith on the edges. So I'm yeah. keen to see that. Play good point. Absolutely. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, and just objectively, even if I were, weren't a South fan, I think that this game's just going to be a banger in terms of offensive footy and um, just just going to be a great contest. I think I think Friday's game will be good as well. I just think Saturday's game is going to be awesome. Very, very excited for it. Yeah, um, last year we complained about not having enough good teams. This year there's like there's a lot of shit teams, but the good teams are actually really goddamn good. Yeah, great. So keen for this weekend's it, games. It, it reminds me of the first few weeks of 2018. Mm. When Penrith, the Dragons, the Warriors, and Souths were all really good before the ref crackdown came, yeah. Um, and when we sort of had all these high free-scoring, entertaining teams being at the top of the ladder and stuff, kind of mm. reminds me of where we were then, right now, with the four teams that are left. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, well, yeah. After, without know. the Roosters, the other the other what three of the other four sides scored over five hundred points this year, which is pretty good in twenty odd games. I mean, Raiders. Didn't do it either, but that's the offensive teams went far this year as opposed to, you know, most competitions are won by the team that concedes 14 points a game. Yeah, I mean, but um, defense is for nerds, counterpoint. <laughs> it is. Um, well, that's, it's, I'm excited for both these games. Like, um, I mean, it's a dumb thing to say for prelims, but there's many a year we'll go into a prelim and go, oh, fuck, I hate that one game. That game's boring. You know, I don't like, yeah. this is not one of those years. No, not at all. Um, before we head off, I'd like to give a quick shout out to all of our top two tiers of Patreon uh, subscribers. I'm um, up to 80 patrons now. You're all so wonderful. You're all lovely people. We very much appreciate you. But in particular, but in particular, uh, <laughs> we appreciate Carlo Tyson, Bert Andrews, Frankie, uh, Never Trendy, Dave, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Avnell, Matthew McPherson, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Ty, Simo Alley, Wayne Ritchie. Uh, Jason, Tom Hardy, Jace G, Thor Laycock, and Morgan Watkins. Um, your support, uh, ongoing support is very appreciated. Um, and we hope that we can continue to bring you some great A content. And if we get to 100 subscribers, uh, Dale's agreed to let us shoot him in the butt with a paintball gun. Only once or...? <laughs> 
It's he, didn't, he, he didn't. I figured he's a francophile, so he just surrender, and it worked. So, ah, uh, that <laughs> is crossing a line. I have another random shout <laughs> out. Imagine no line. Another good Patreon. A good friend, Joey is goat on Twitter. Carlo Tyson, who's been mm. pushing the statue fund for Joey all year, and asking every one of our guests about the statue. Uh, Anyway, he made a bet with me the start of the year. And I've been betting Knights fans for great profit for many a year. You've made, you, you've made, ah! it's, it's putting my kids through college. Well, this is a week. So we bet, he, he wanted to do a statue bet with me on the statue. And, you know, I said, okay, I'll give you a hundred bucks to your statue thing. But what do you give me? Like, what do I get? I want a statue. Mm. And then we, if, if, if Broncos win, they didn't win, but we, we figured at that time, I was like, okay, well, if we win, you'll buy me a custom bobblehead of me. That's a, a Mitch Doyle statue. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. If if I won, I'd received that. Anyway, old douchebag Kyle over there has instead. Uh, I didn't. Have to, I haven't paid him, but he is still. He's bought a custom bobblehead of me as a loser in a goddamn Knights jersey that says "loser" on it. Twenty twenty at event loser, and he's sending it to my house. <laughs> So first thing oh like Carlo, but fuck you as well. <laughs> oh, that's that's elite. Work. Well done. I love that so yeah. much. And, uh, Are you going to display that? Do you want me to bring, bring my Matt Moylan bobblehead over and they can be friends? Maybe I could just switch it with one of your bobbleheads. You won't notice. Okay. Switch I'll happily maybe... display a Mitch Doyle is a loser bobblehead. Can on I, can I pop my head off the Knights jersey onto another one of your bobblehead heads and swap them? I'll be Dwight Schrute's body. Uh, I've, got <laughs> yeah. a Zoid, I've, got, I've got Zoidberg. I could be Zoidberg's body, but this is a... Okay, uh, good. Penny Penny Knights jersey too. It's uh, it's oh, offensive. Strong. Very strong. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's so good. I'm, I'm imagining I'm imagining Pungard getting confused and trying to put like putting you on like an amiibo on the on the Switch controller, <laughs> and and your power up just being swearing at people. I'm gonna yeah. okay, I'm gonna have to turn into like uh, one of those guys used to paint Warcraft things and you know paint Broncos over them. <laughs> like the uh, like the, you're like the repairer in Toy Story. That's yes. it. Good, yeah. good reference. Yes, well, thank you. Uh, all right. Um, that's it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back again at, uh, with with another podcast. Uh, I this one is it going to air first or second, Mitchell? After the, the question time will air second, right? It will. Sure. So we'll be Jeez, back in a couple of days. Mono, question mono, time. Mono, good lord. Oh look, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if they've gotten through this many minutes, they'll love us no matter what. Oh, all right. Say goodbye, Dale. See ya. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.